Hello everybody. How are you today? I hope you guys are doing great. I hope you guys are having an awesome day so far. And I just want to say thank you so very, very much for listening today. I absolutely appreciate it. I am author and speaker Diane Lubrin. I am doing my very best to help women recover and to restart their lives after domestic abuse. I want women to know they do not have to be a victim for the rest of their lives. And I want them to know even to the ones who call themselves survivors. I want them to go to the other step that is overcoming. The Bible tells us that they overcome or overcame by the blood of the Lamb and by the words of their testimony. So I want women to not be afraid and not be ashamed and tell their testimony, tell what they've been through because in doing that, they are helping another woman. It's giving another woman hope that they too can and will get over this horrible thing that we have uh, experienced in life. I want women to know this is not their fault. It was never their fault. No one has the right to beat on anyone because of their weight, their size, their thoughts, how they speak. No one have the rights to beat on anybody. And I want them to not be afraid. And I want them to be bold. And I want them to be fearless, being exactly the woman that God have called them to be. So if you are someone who have been abused and you are in the place where you feel like you're still a victim, no, no, no. I want you to come out of that. If you are in the place where you say, I'm a survivor, I'm no longer in it, but you're not telling your story, you're, you're, you're still bottling up a lot of things, I want you to also come out of there and I want you to be bold and I want you to speak and I want you to know what you went through was not in vain. As horrible, as nasty, as emotional as it may have been, it was not your fault and you are strong and you are beautiful and you can do absolutely whatever you say you can do. No, we are not victims. We are not just survivors. We are overcomers. We we was in a place of negativity and darkness and we got to the light and now we're reaching back and helping others who are in that in that darkness to come into that light where we can laugh, where we can love, where we can live again. So I'm asking you if this is your first time listening to me and you're not following me on whatever uh, 
platform that you're listening to, would you please go ahead and follow me? Would you share with somebody else? Would you let them know, hey, there's someone who is speaking boldly and clearly about domestic abuse and we are all in this together. Those of us who have suffered this injustice, those of us who have suffered this pain, we are in this together and we are helpers one to another. So today I want to uh, share something with you. I was just on Facebook a little while ago and I was on a site for uh, victims of, of domestic abuse, survivors of domestic abuse. And somebody posted a picture of this woman badly beaten. And it read into the fact that I got flowers today for no apparent reason. It's not our anniversary or anything. I just got flowers today. And it went on to say, he loves me. The word, the names that he called me, he he didn't mean it. The words he said, he didn't mean it. The cruel things he said and did, he didn't mean it because he sent me these flowers. And that means he is truly sorry and he loves me. And the first question that popped in my mind after I read that was, how many times have he done that? How many times have she gotten the flowers. How many times have he said, I am so sorry, baby. This is the last time that I'm going to do it. And, and the time before that, it's because of the stress of work. And, you know, I'm working so hard to take my career to the next level and and I'm working on the project and the stress of, of the job and they're laying on all these different excuses how many times has she heard these excuses and continue to give him chances after chances after chances the truth of the matter is this breaking the cycle of domestic abuse is very difficult there are so many components that keeps a woman in the place where she is constantly violated, constantly rejected, constantly uh, cut down and put down, slapped about, cussed, called all kind of names. Uh, there is a component that keep these women in these places. One of them is money. What in insecurity? In uh, for some of them, they have no family member. For some of them, in the city or the place where they at, they know no one. So they are at the mercy of the abuser. So for some women, they have no way, no tools to get out of these abusive relationships. And when I heard. When I mean, when I read that, I was like, oh my God. And I can remember when I was in that stage. And that stage, by the way, is called the honeymoon phase or or it's been called the, the pedestal uh, stage where you're propped up and you are made to feel like 
you know, you're a queen, but the only time that woman is a queen is after she's been beaten down by the man that is supposed to be her king. That woman is beaten, she is insulted, and it's only when he has totally destroyed her mentally, physically, emotionally, financially, sexually, spiritually, you know, that's when he put her on a pedestal. That's when he's Mr. Nice Guy. That's when he's Mr. Romantic. That's when he absolutely show his love. That's when she should have no, no uh, doubt in her mind that her man loves her. I can sit here and tell you about me. I can sit here and tell you after having knocked down drag outs, I would wake up in the morning and there would be a designer purse on the, uh, on the dresser. Uh, I would find, you know, sexy lingerie. I would find, you know, I would get flowers at work. I would, you know what I'm saying? I would do all, I would get all these things not because he loved me and definitely he knew I did not love myself because anytime someone loved themselves, they will not allow themselves to be abused constantly. They will not allow themselves to be talked down to and to be called stupid and to, to, to just be torn down in a place where they cannot think for themselves. And I would wake up and it would be peaches and cream and it always lasts for so long. See the honeymoon phase, the honeymoon stage is to make the woman forget the present and have her reflect on the past. This is what he used to be like this is what he used to do those were the days when we were in love those were the days when i knew beyond a shadow of a doubt before he hit me that he loved me and those nostalgic moments have a way of coming and clouding our memory our thought patterns even now in the present because a, a, a majority part of us wants him to go back to where we got the hugs and we got the kisses and they held our hands and we were the most beautiful creature God ever created and he was not ashamed to be seen with us and we were the prize when we were on their arms oh honey nothing was so beautiful nothing was so wonderful everything that was touched turned into gold so we like those nostalgic memories and what they are there for is to tighten the grip that the abuser have on the victim. See, men who abuse women, I've said it before and I'll continue to say it, I have no respect for them. I think they're jerks. I think they're sorry. Men who abuse women, I look at them not even as men, but like little boys 
who are playing marbles and they don't want to give up their marbles and 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 they have to be pounded on and you know you big and bad but you got your lunch money taken you got your milk money taken so even in their age they go to work the boss comes down on them or something is happening they have no self-control so the only way they can talk the only way they can articulate get their thoughts out is to pound on somebody's daughter i have a daughter i have one daughter and I hope to God, the man that she marries or any man that she dates or go out with, the day he puts his hands on her, I tell it to the world. I am really, really sorry for him because I think this is a battle I'm going to fight for her because I know what it feels like. I know once you get that first hit, what it does to you, what it says to you when you look in the mirror and you see yourself with that black eye, when you walk around and you see your arm in that sling and you try to laugh and you can't laugh because your rib hurts and you try to sit down and you can't or you, you feel a soreness on your thigh or on your arm and when you look there is a bruise and I say this all the time, the physical abuse you can get over so much quicker than the psychological and the emotional because when it gets into the soul, it has a way of replaying itself over and over. You can hear those words, stupid, fat, ugly, the only thing you're good for is sex and you don't, you ain't even good at that. That's why I gotta have me another woman on the side because you can't even give it to me the way I want. You can't boil water. You can't clean. You, it doesn't matter what that woman do. He always find fault in it. And that is his way of just totally tearing her down, annihilating her, making sure he has utmost control, making sure that she can't think for herself, making sure that she don't know who she is. And as long as she doesn't know who she is, he will totally collapse her until two things happen. Either she fights for her life and she kills him, or she tries to leave fighting for her life and he kills her. Domestic abuse affects our communities, our churches, our schools. The prison cells are filled with men who have killed their wives or their girlfriends filled with men who broke the jaws to their wives or their girlfriends. Domestic abuse can care less what color you are, your economic background. Domestic abuse can care less your level of education. There are women who are doctors that are being abused. Women who are attorneys, police officers, firefighters. There are women 
who are professors and, and, and neuroscience and all these huge titles that brings in bukus of money. There are women producers and executives and all these things that are in abusive relationship that have no control over their money. They go to work and they work like a dog and when they come home, they have no control over their money. Whatever the abuser want to do with their money, that's what they do. I remember I was working with this girl and she was the only one working. He was not working. Their relationship was not physically abusive, but it was controlling and very manipulative. He is a very, he's a classic narcissist. And she would come into work and early in the morning, I guess they didn't have a computer at home or whatever, or she couldn't check her account on her phone or whatever. And she would come in and you would hear her calling the bank and asking the bank, what is this? And what is this charge? And she would call him and she would say, well, you know, he would just say, D, what is this? What, what did you buy? You have to stop doing all this. And she will be quiet for a minute. So that would tell me he is probably chewing her out. You know, don't be calling me, but nothing like that. I want what I want. I order what I want. And on payday, she would leave the office in a rush and she would have to rush over to maybe like the ACE a cash checking place because uh, this is the date that they are supposed to turn off the electricity and the cable and this that and the other so she has to make a mad dash and she have to tell him well I gotta go pay the water bill because they're gonna cut it off today so when she get paid all of her money goes only into the bills and I remember for a long time, I was there too, even though my ex-husband was working two jobs, I was paying half the mortgage and I was paying all the bills in the house because I too married a narcissist and it was all about him. And he would go and try to dress like Hollywood, but he had no Hollywood money. So he would try to... Uh, what what uh is your credit limit on on this department uh store card and would blow up my department store card and would not pay it and he went out trying to get all these little credit cards and because his credit was low he would only get little credit cards three to five hundred dollars and he would just max them out because he was trying to live a life that is not his was not his nor will ever be his and just like that girl i knew the signs because i was living with that very same man and narcissists they have this thing where they don't just want them alone to look good but they want the the woman that they are to look good and they were going out of town and she needed, she wanted some sunglasses and she went to the optometrist right uh, down the street. And the sunglasses she wanted was about $200. And he is telling her, get it because we're going home 
And I done told my family, you work for the phone company and you make good money. So we have to go there looking and playing that part. And not caring anything about her. How she's going to get to work the next week. What the children are going to eat. Do they have the school supplies that they need? These people can care less about the people they so-called love. Domestic abuse. Women are suffering every day. And they can't bring themselves to say, I have a black eye. My body hurts. I have to wear scars for the rest of the week because he placed his hands around my throat squeeze so now my throat is all bruised up so I have to wear scarves. They cannot come to the place that say, you know what? I am truly a victim and I am being abused by this man that I love that says he loves me. Because when we say that, the world that we live in and the world that we portray to live in becomes obsolete. And the world that we are currently living in become real and tangible and there's nowhere to run. You can only face it forward, not looking back. When a man put his hand on you, I hear some women say, well, he hit me, but it wasn't a punch. It, it was a slap. So does that make it better? He doesn't hit me, but he called me all kind of bees and whores and tricks and everything. Does that make it okay? He doesn't call me tricks or nothing. But I can't wear what I want to wear. Everything I wear, it has to be graded by him and make sure that it's okay for me to wear. And so many women are living in this world. Not See, we are in America and we hear how horrible abuse is in America and our mind sometimes never goes out to other parts of the world. I am from a small island called St. Lucia and you would be surprised the amount of women that have died this year and last year from abuse. These men are getting so ruthless. They're not just killing the women. They are killing the children. They are not just destroying the lives of the women. They are destroying the lives of her children. Teaching her sons when a woman get out of line. When you want to speak and you can't find the words to articulate your thoughts or how you feel. You call them out of their name and if that does not straighten them out. Then you use your fist and you use your feet. 
you use a belt, you use a stick, whatever you can find that will maximize her pain. That is what you use so you can let her know I am the man of this house. And we are teaching our daughters this is what love is. When a man say he loves you, if he doesn't put his hands on you, if he doesn't call you out of your name, he doesn't love you. And the generation, the curse of domestic violence goes from one generation to the other generation. And all of a sudden, grandma never put his hands, grandpa never put his hands on grandma. Your daddy never put his hands on your mama. And all of a sudden, here comes your daughter with a black eye. Here comes somebody else's daughter with a busted rib. Why? Because we have allowed domestic abuse to rule and reign in our lives. And we are so afraid of doing it that we just let it go by. If you are in an abusive relationship, today is the day you make up your mind. Today is the day I want you to gain strength in yourself. Today is the day I want you to take a look at yourself in the mirror, see a strong, beautiful woman looking back at you, and I want you to say, this far and no more. You see, the waves at the ocean, it can only go so far and it rolls back in unless there's a hurricane, unless that ocean get permission from God to go past that boundary. And I want you to look at the abuse as the ocean. No more. You cannot pass this line. You cannot overflow this part. I will not allow it to happen. So guess what? I'm making up my mind. I am taking a stand. I have made a decision. I will no longer be the punching bag to any man. I will no longer be the butt of insults to any man. You are not going to drag me by my hair. You're not going to hit me whether it be an open hand slap or a punch. I shall not be called a slut, a whore, a trick, a nothing. My name is whatever my mama named me. We do not. And I wish when I was going through that part of my life with my ex-husband and with the father of my children, I wish there was someone who was honest and open and talking and sharing their experience like I am doing with you because that would have given me hope. That would have caused me to open my eyes. That would have 
caused me to look at myself in another light. That would have caused me to say, Diane, why are you here? Diane, your sons and your daughters are realizing and are paying attention to what's going on. See, my daughter right now, my daughter is so hard. My daughter takes no junk. She takes no crap. She speaks her mind. And if you don't like it, too bad, so sad. And the reason why she's like that, because she's made up in her mind, no man will treat her the way her father treated her mother and the way my ex-husband treated me. She have made up in her mind, I will not allow any man to disrespect, to curse, or do anything to me because I deserve better. I deserve to be loved. I deserve to be respected. I deserve to be cherished. I deserve to be treated like the most beautiful woman God have ever created. You know why? Because I am. I wish, but then I think, had I not gone through it, would I be the woman that I am today? The strength that I have, the fortitude, the, the way I carry myself, the way I think of myself. Now, don't get me wrong. It took a while for me to look at me and see love. It took a while for me to look at me and see worth. It took a while for me to look and see, hey, girl, you are not just fine. You are beautiful. It took a minute for me to see what had been or I thought had been erased out of me because of the things that was said to me. My ex-husband is the <laughs> perfect chameleon. That's how I refer to him in my second book, I'm Not In It By Myself. He is the perfect chameleon. <laughs> Whatever atmosphere we were in, he adapted. It reminds me of Paul in the book of 1 Corinthians. When Paul said, when I'm with the Jews, I become a Jew. When I'm with the Greeks, I become as one of them. Whoever I am around, that's who I am. That's who I become so I can gain them, so I can be a witness to them, so I can show them who Christ is in my life. And I have come to learn, ladies and gentlemen, everything God does, every great man of God and great woman of God, guess what? The devil has his own. <laughs> He has his own to make you think that is the greatest man since sliced bread. When we are somewhere or were somewhere and it's all fun and games, oh honey, all fun and games. Dancing, what jokes, what playing dominoes, what he was the man every woman would see and would want. And I ask myself, why does this man have no children? Good looking. Well, he used to be. 
he used to be. And maybe he'd all always been ugly. And like Juanita Bynum say, you know, he's always been ugly. It's just now that, you know, you're out of the forest. You can see the trees and be like, oh, Lord, this is where I was at, you know. So whatever he was, where we were, that's what he would become. And I've learned abusers are very, very crafty. They study their subjects. Uh, uh, an abuser who's done it and been there before, they don't just pounce and start to beat that woman, to start to tear her down. Because my ex has been abusive mentally, physically, emotionally, financially, sexually, even spiritually. I had to make a decision and I regretted that decision and I'm so grateful that our God is the God of more than second and third, 50th and 100 chances. And I made the decision whether I would go to Bible study on Wednesday night or be afraid of him and stay home. What was I doing on Wednesday nights? Nothing. But the fact that there were men at the church and he was not there to claim me as property because that's what women become to these abusers. Not people, not persons, but property. And that's why they say, my woman. My woman. I can do what I want to. My woman. She might be your daughter, but she my woman. She might be your sister, but that's my woman. Because we have gone from being a person to an object. Because when you don't know how to treat somebody or something, that's where abuse come in. Abuse is using that thing or that person for the wrong reason. You abusing it. You're not using it right. So, not because a man sends you flowers and buys you jewelry and take you out on a date or bring home takeout because he can't take you out because he's blackened your eyes. That means he loves you. When they do these things, you forgive me, baby. I'm sorry. I love you, girl. I'm so sorry. You know, I'm really trying. And they say all the things that women have been wanting to hear. Women, we are emotional. We're broken. Most women who are in this relationship, ships, they have no one to talk to. They have no friends. So that abuser have become their everything. So when he comes to her and say anything nice and sweet and kind to her, that's all she has been waiting on. So the noose gets tighter and things are good. A week, two weeks, depending on how good they are, depending on how much control they have over that woman. 
a month, six weeks, and boom, out of the blue, there it is again. So I want to be honest and tell women about my life and how God brought me out of domestic abuse. But the, the most amazing thing God did, he got domestic abuse out of me. <laughs> I never knew that until I saw that. Because although I was not in his presence anymore, the thoughts and the memories, they were still controlling me. I was still being abused because of the words that he said to me. If this is your first time listening to me, and if you've never heard me before, I have a visual disability. I have some challenges with my vision. In 0708, Dallas, Fort Worth had an outbreak of the West Nile virus, and I was one of the peoples that got infected with the virus. So I am working at, you know, 10% of sight. And I remember he said to me, and I cannot believe I let those words penetrate my heart. I can't believe it. And he said to me, <laughs> because I am basically such a rotten person, because I'm no good, that was God's way of punishing me. And the reason why he said that right before that is he tried to go biblical on me and said to me, the brother that don't go to church, that don't read his Bible, that knows more porn title and faces and name than any book in the Bible. want to say to me, the Bible says you have to submit to your husband. And I frankly said, no. I told him, I said, well, the Bible does say also husbands love your wife as Christ loves the church and he even gave his life for his wife for the church for his bride homeboy looked me in the eye and said I know I don't do it but you still need to and I thought to myself I wasn't saved I had one foot in in the world and my heel in the my, well my five toes in the church and I was like heck no but it wasn't heck <laughs> but it wasn't heck so I was like oh no and I noticed it was about that time because I God saw what was coming and it was about that time God started increasing my courage and increasing my strength and making me stronger so I can walk away excuse me and never look back and when I walked away I never looked back because about earlier that year six months that uh, previously I left and I was not ready I left and I wanted to do the right thing, but God had not cut the umbilical cord that connected me to him. And when I look at it, I was like, this is God's way of winning me 
off of him. You know, like a mother winning a child off the breast. That was God's way of winning me off because while I was gone, I was, you know, I was working. I was doing what I got to do. And he showed me I didn't need him like I thought I needed him. And I was so much stronger and better. But he called my mother and had this whole dramatic thing. He loves Diane and... I cannot believe my mother even called me and encouraged me to get back with him. To to this day, I, 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 I can't believe it. I did it. I can still hear her voice in my head. He called and he's crying and he wants you to come home. And, and I think had he not told me, my he spoke to my mother and had my mother not called and encouraged me, I think I would have never gone back. Because, again, if you've never heard my story, even as of today, I have no relationship with my mother. My mother have been rejecting me from day one. And I've done all I can to make her love and accepted me. And in 2015, after my dad died, I finally came to the realization, hey, Diane, this is it. Let it go. It's not going to happen. So I truly believe but again, I do believe God allowed everything to happen for a reason. So when it comes to domestic abuse, when we talk about having these, these sad moments and those lonely moments, and even though we know they were not good for us because we've been there, and the Bible says it's not good that man should be alone, and we long to be with somebody and we want somebody there to talk to because you know at this point you know we probably had no friends no family members left or whatever because he had caused us to turn our backs on our family members so I am here I am Diane Libre and I want to help women restore and rebuild their lives after domestic abuse if you would like to order any of my books, you can go to lubrebooks.com or you can always go to amazon.com and pull up Diane Libran and all of my books are there. My first book, he was there all the time. My second book, I'm not in it by myself. My third book is called Abuser from the Playboy Pulpit series because ladies and gentlemen, there are a lot of first ladies that are being abused. There are a lot of apostles and pastors and evangelists and uh, apostles and bishops, honey, that are abusing their first lady. So that's where this one came from. Also, my 31-day daily devotional journal with affirmation and uh, my new journal line called Dear God, that this journal is for when we can't find the words to talk to God, when we when we hurt so deeply where we cannot speak the word, we can write it. And, and I do believe writing is a form of communicating because it starts out, dear God. So your writing 
a letter to God, letting God know what's happening, what's going on. And also it helps you track and keep record of the day and time that you prayed that prayer, that you spoke to the Lord for when your deliverance come, when your freedom come, when that blessing come, you know and remember the day and time you prayed that prayer. And like then like Daniel, the Lord heard your prayer, but there was some interference, right? So I want to take this time and thank you so very, very much for listening. Please share. Also, please follow me on uh, Facebook, lubrandbooks.com, my uh, website, Lubram at Lubram Books on uh, Instagram, Lubram Books Twitter. I think my daughter put it. He was there all the time. I think that's how my daughter got it on Twitter. He was there all the time, and of course, uh, Diane Lubre, author Diane Lubre, my fan page on Facebook. So I just want to say thank you so very much for being with me today. I hope this has blessed you. I hope this has encouraged you. Go ahead and share. Uh, introduce me to someone who is still suffering so we can walk this walk together. Again, thank you so absolutely very much for being here. Thank you for listening. God bless you. You have a great rest of your day. Thank you again and bye-bye everybody.